0: Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory and... uh we're going to talk again about the kingdom of god and uh, if everything works in the studio which is, has been giving me lots of glitches <laughs> we'll have uh, at least an hour to kind of go over some things that i'm going to be talking about in videos hopefully soon and uh we finished the show this morning uh another one on salvation having to do with uh what you take out of the formula if you if you have DNA and you remove some of the genetic connections or genetic material in the DNA, you will end up with cancer or end up with some sort of malady because the body will go awry. It will be damaged and not be able to restore itself that's partly what old age is is damaging to the DNA. And it seems to be almost timed, almost built into the DNA to do that. But uh, we also know that you can alter DNA, you can turn on different DNA, and that's in the epigenetic DNA, which is not in the double helix, but actually in the cell itself, and is extremely susceptible to vibrations and frequencies. The fact is is that if you start singing a different tune, And start living a different way than God intended, then it will change the harmony of your life and uh, it will cause you to develop uh, difficulties, uh, uh, maladies, etc. Now, if you, we talked this morning showing how if you take the father out of the home, how it affects the sons and even the daughters. If you have the father in the home, how that affects the sons and the daughters. And if the father is participating in a certain way, how that will affect the sons and the daughters. And we give dozens of examples of extreme uh, problems when you take the father out of the home. That there, there's more chance of suicide. There's more chance of teenage pregnancy. More chance of dropping out, uh, getting drug addicted, having anger issues having trust issues and you're more likely to have a broken home yourself when you finally grow up and get married now it's not a guarantee but the sins of the father and the lack of the father are visited upon the next generation because the kingdom of god is from generation to generation and the kingdom of hell is from generation to generation and so we have two hours on that that will be released if you're on the network you'll see when that's released and uh and it will be put up somewhere on our websites, uh, probably under the 2019 uh, audios. And uh, eventually, as we get time, and we're just running ragged here because we don't really have as much help as we ought to have. Uh, but th- that's what the kingdom is. The kingdom doesn't force the help. Everybody has to try to make it happen on their own. Uh, it's individual responsibility. And that brings me to my topic I've been looking at a number of videos that were presented to us, and one of those videos is uh, with Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro on Frontline, and it's actually entitled uh, Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro Frontline of Free Speech Live, and it was on seven thirty eighteen, and it's a couple hour long show, but there's a couple of spots in it that w- were brought to my attention where there were questions asked, and they people want me to make a video that answers these questions and then share it back with them and uh, we may get to that what we're going to look at is some of the things that they said in this process of this discussion between these two individuals one orthodox jew and the other one a christian of sorts uh he actually fell away from christian faith he, he became a socialist and fell away from socialism and now he's kind of on his way back and he's He's just a thinker trying to figure out things. He does meditate. He actually described his meditation once. It's very similar to what we teach, very similar to what the ancient Jews taught, very similar to what Jesus talks about. And it's uh, uh, and and we have a page on it. You can go and look at that at preparing you that explains what meditation really is. And meditation is a form of prayer and exercise at the same time. And uh, it's no guarantee, because you're not saved by meditations and exercises, but it may help bring you face-to-face with what you need to see in order to let the Holy Spirit into your life. The same as what you do will have an effect on whether or not the Holy Spirit will enter into your life. If you're going around killing people, if you're coveting people's goods, if you're Exercising authority over people and wrecking people's lives, eh, either directly or indirectly through other institutions, well, then guess what? The Holy Spirit is not going to enter into you. Uh, we talked this morning how, for ancient times, and we can go back into the Old Testament and give you examples, but evil is not a positive force against good, evil is what occurs when you block good from coming it's like darkness is what occurs when you block the light Uh, cold is what occurs when you block the heat and so you have to repent and seek the kingdom of god in order to let in the holy spirit because that's that was the formula that was given to you you not only have to seek the kingdom of god but you have to seek the righteousness of god in all your relationships And a righteous relation is a husband and a wife and their children and their extended family coming together in free assemblies with other families on the same path who care about each other as much as they care about themselves. And as they implement what God is putting on their heart in that network, I mean, Christ. You know, again, I said this morning how some people who think they know the Bible says, oh, Jesus never said anything about a network. Yet he not only describes a network and articulates the pattern of that network, he commands that his disciples make the people organized in that network of tens, hundreds, and thousands so that they can sit down to eat in a common communion. And that's what it was at the, uh, Uh, loaves and fishes. He commanded that they organize the people in that way and like the book Thy Kingdom Come shows that people did that. People can't see it. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear. They need to have those eyes to see and ears to hear and you can facilitate that not just with explaining it although you may need to have a little knowledge to explain it at times to help them overcome those chains those knots, those ropes that have them all bound up, which are the preconceived and uh, previous ideas that they've already gotten into their head that just ain't so, which we've mentioned several times in this morning show. But in this conversation with Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro, they talk about root values. Values are patterns, and patterns are values. Values. I mean, you have virtue, is a pattern. You know, so you have these seven virtues. And vice is the patterns that appear when you remove the virtues. When you don't have active implementation of virtue, you end up with the vice. It comes about. It is the, it is an end result. It is the result of going off the tracks and a pattern develops. And so values are those patterns. If you have good values, virtuous values, your your life will follow a certain pattern. If you have values that would be categorized under vices, then you you will produce a different pattern. So one of the things, they're about 44 minutes into the uh, hour and 41 minute video, uh, Jordan Peterson talks about resist not evil, and he kind of questions that and wonders what that's all about. So we'll address that really quick here. You have to look at the different... Actually, we have a web page on that, I'm pretty sure, at preparing you. But this idea of resist not evil, it means to not fight evil on its terms. Uh, and one of the best ways to d- describe that is you do not curse the darkness. Uh, that doesn't make darkness go away, to curse the darkness, to be angry at the darkness. Remember, evil governments come about because God is not in your heart. Uh, in the hearts of the people. All you need is God in, the heart, in your heart, and you will automatically start developing a divine protection. They they will walk around you like water around a rock in in the stream. And the more you seek that righteousness, the more you align yourself with it, accept that, br- bring the light into you, the more darkness will avoid you. It, the sh, you. The shadow will be on the outside of your being, and it will have no effect on you. It's like you enter into another dimension, but the best visual picture is a giant boulder in the middle of a stream. It It's just going to go around it. It's not going to change it. It's not going to affect it oh, over a vast amount of time, but eventually, if you want to be a part of THE rock... <laughs> That pushes the water out of the way and divides the water, so to speak. These are the symbols that you see in the biblical text. They're trying to tell you something about creation, the patterns of creation. So, as you, if you want to get rid of darkness, you light a candle. You do not curse the darkness. So, if you want to get rid of evil, which is the absence of good, you light a candle of good in your heart. You bring good in your heart. You do not hate the the government you don't hate uh, the dictators you do not hate the neighbors who want to take a bite out of you you don't hate the zombies you light a candle and uh of light and it will drive them back so anyway uh that's why that particular quote in so jordan peterson was wondering about that so there it is uh i don't know if we'll send this show to jordan peterson or not but uh uh, maybe when people put it down, they put footnotes in there that we mentioned Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro. Uh, some of the other things that uh, come up about 49 minutes, uh, Ben is discussing the differences between modern brands of Christianity and Judaism. And he admits that he's not an expert on Christianity, but he does notice that there are modern brands of Christianity. There are different theologies and philosophies running around out there that all say they're Christian. And, you know, he mentions, uh, you know, the predestiny of uh, Calvinism and, and, you know, there's different brands of Calvinism. There's at least five different brands of Calvinism that don't agree with each other. So what is that? The reality is the church and Christianity is about people who are following Christ and doing what Christ said. If they're not doing what Christ said, they say they're the church all they want, they're not the church. If they say they're Christian, that's fine. They say they believe in Jesus, that's fine. But if they're not doing what Christ said, they're not really Christians. They are probably workers of iniquity. Again, that workers of iniquity are evil, but they're evil because they're lacking the process of, the pattern of Christ in you know, they may have bits and pieces of Christ. They may have bits and pieces of the pattern of Christ. But, you know, Christ never built a cathedral. Christ never, when he says, I will build my church upon this rock, I will build my church. That was another thing that came up this weekend. Somebody was saying, well, is Peter the Pope? Is, was he the head of the church? Well, in ancient times, the historians mostly referred to James as the head of the church in Jerusalem. Uh, but the reality is, is that the head of the church is Christ. It's it's not James or Peter. And when Jesus said, Peter, you are a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, he wasn't talking about Peter. He was talking about why he said Peter was a rock. Because he had asked them, you know, point blank, he asked his apostles, who am I, who am I, who am I? They all gave different answers, but Peter got the answer right. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, For you know this, not because flesh and blood has revealed it to you, but my Father in heaven. And that is the rock. That revelation is the rock. And that revelation is what he built his church on. So if you're beginning to see things that flesh and blood is not revealing to you, that's why I'm very concerned about people who memorize the facts of what I'm saying, but I don't see the spirit of what I'm saying in their in their day-to-day actions. Because revelation creates faith, faith creates action, and action becomes that sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And it is really a struggle for people to do that, consistently say, let's use this word, religiously do that. And again, religious religion is how you take care of one another. And so the idea of sitting down And persevering with one another, striving with one another in a sense of struggling to be that free assembly without infringing on the rights of others, without dictating doctrines and dogmas to other people, but just keeping to the basics, the simpleness. You know, somebody who just posted on one of our YouTubes was saying that why do we make it so complicated? We make it simple. But we have lots of explanations that show people how they're not doing what Christ commanded you to do. And so, anyway, that's, that's very important. But back to Ben Shapiro, he says the conflict between Christianity in the early era was the Jews were not willing to follow this new religion uh, or political uh, position that was being presented by Christ there was an ideological difference between Christ and and Judaism. So, Judaism did not follow Christ. Well, actually, that's not true. If Christ was the Messiah, then those who did not follow Christ were no longer Judaism. They might still call themselves Jews, and of course, this is mentioned in the Bible, but they are actually the synagogue of Satan. Now, what do they mean, synagogue of Satan? Satan is the word adversary. Those who are adversaries to what Christ was saying. Now, the big question is, and I'll just have to talk to Ben about this eventually. And, you know, and the fact is I hear Ben very close to the kingdom at times in some of the things he says, but he's very wrapped up in the Orthodox Judaism and we allow that. If, if you want to be a Seventh day Adventist, that's fine. If you want to be, uh, you know, a Messianic Jew, that's fine. If you want to be an Orthodox Jew, that's fine. But that's not the kingdom. The kingdom of God is seeking the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. That's that's the followers of Christ because that's where Jesus was pointing you. If you're doing that, even if you don't use the name Jesus or Yeshua or Yahweh, it doesn't matter. It's what you do. Are you doing the will of the Father? Not what you say. So it isn't whether you say Yahweh or Yeshua or Jehovah. That is not his name. The name is that pattern, that character of God. Are you living according to the character of God? Are you giving life or are you taking life? Are you laying down your life uh, so that you will be able to pick up life more abundant? Or are you taking the life of others, taking a bite out of one another? So that that's really basic stuff. You're trying to bring people under contracts, under bondage, under debt, cursing your children with debt. All those things are going contrary. Do you depend upon the Corbin of the Pharisees, which was the social welfare of the Pharisees, or do you depend on the Corbin of Christ? If you depend on the Corbin of Christ, are you trying to establish the Corbin of Christ? What is the Corbin of Christ? The word Corbin means sacrifice. Every, every week, every month, every time you go to work, you sacrifice a portion of your sweat and blood and toil your flesh and blood you sacrifice that to men who exercise authority who promise to take care of you and provide you with a daily ministration called welfare social security free school all these things that's what they're doing they're going to provide the benefits of society to you but they are men who exercise authority one over the other And so, if that's where you pray for your daily bread, if that's who you pray to for your daily bread and your assistance, then you're not a Christian. You you can call yourself a Christian, that's fine, but you're actually a worker of iniquity because you're cursing your children, you're making yourself merchandise, you're taking a bite out of your neighbor. Just I can just go on and on down the list. So, back to Ben Shapiro... Yes, Jesus was a political figure. Not political like we think of. You, you elect to follow Jesus or you don't elect to follow Jesus. You do not elect rulers over you. But there is a sort of hierarchy in Christianity. And Jesus tells you what that is. And he says, He who is to be highest amongst you is to be as servants to all. So you get higher in the kingdom by becoming more and more humble in service. That's why Christ took the lowest job in the household, which is washing feet. And that's the attitude that we're having. We're, we're not a hierarchy of men ruling over men. Because that's forbidden by Christ. Now, most people who call themselves Christians are in exactly such a hierarchy. And they call it government. But of course the kingdom of God is a government. The church is a government. The church is even defined as a government in Black's Law Dictionary. It's one form of government. It's a form of government that does not include exercising authority one over the other. And it's, in order to, for it to successfully do that, all the people who gather together need to come closer and closer to, closer to the pattern of Christ, the values, the root values of Christ, which is about giving and forgiving. That's pretty simple. Uh, you gather in tens, hundreds, and thousands for the purpose of giving and forgiving according to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your mind. That's simple. That's simple. But the way in which it manifests itself is very complicated. The way you could be led away from this righteous path is very complicated. And of course, the Pharisees, which a lot of people might think at that time, the Pharisees were doing what the Torah said and all this stuff, but they weren't. They were doing contrary to Moses. They didn't even know Moses according to Christ. And unfortunately, a great many Jews today don't know Christ, but even more, unfortunately, is a great many and and don't know the Father. Not only don't know Christ, but they don't know the Father. And they don't know Moses. But many Christians today, I could even say most and probably accurate, but we'll just say many, because that's the term they use in the Bible, who think they are Christians are actually doing contrary to what Christ said. Because they have no daily ministration with their church that takes care of the needy of society, 90% of all the daily administration in their church is taken care of by men who exercise authority. And those men will provide those benefits because you have sworn oaths, made agreements, made contracts with them, signed up for their benefits, and agreed to them that it's okay if they take from your neighbor to provide you with benefits. It's okay if they take from your children By borrowing against the future of your children to provide you with benefits. And you think you're a Christian. You're actually a worker of iniquity. And I'm not picking on you. I'm not putting you down. I'm just saying that's what you need to repent of. You need to think differently. You need to think about how it would look if you sat down in tens, hundreds, and thousands in a network. Because the kingdom of heaven is like a giant net. That's a network. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, that's what Jesus said. That's, the, that's, the, to make a net is networking. And so, it's like this giant net, and if you depend on that for, for your welfare, then you're living by faith, hope, and charity because that's how it operates. If you don't operate by faith, hope, and charity, It's going to change you, just like I showed if you take the father out of the home. It literally can change the mental processes in your mind, the mind of your children. It will also change the mental processes in the father. And anger issues. People will have anger issues when they divide the family up because something is missing. We got into this a little bit, talking about Larry Elder that he realized something was missing. It was making him angry. It was making him so he couldn't sleep at night. It was, it was, there was a war going on in his body. He didn't know what it was. Finally he came in contact with his father and he made peace with his father. And it was great. He improved. His father improved. The whole family improved. And now Larry Elder's out helping other people get closer to the kingdom. Now Larry may need to get close to the kingdom too. He may need to realize some things. It's the same as Jordan Peterson may need to realize some things. Ben Shapiro may need to realize some things. I may need to realize, but the most important person in that equation is you may need to realize things. And when you start to realize those things, you may need to act upon those things. If you will not act upon, put what you are beginning to see into action, you will lose it. You have to, that's investing. When you take your time, your energy, and act upon what you're seeing. And you may act poorly. You may, you know, not do it well. But at least you've started to strive in that direction. And if you find out, I'm not really doing this as well as I should, repent. You're constantly looking to be perfected in Christ. In the pattern of Christ. In the values of Christ. The root values of Christ. And, because that's the journey. That, and the journey is the destination. That's what a lot of people don't realize. It, you're seeking an infinite kingdom. When do you arrive? (laughs) When you become God? No, you never arrive. There's always, you, you reach mileposts, but you never really arrive entirely because there, it's an infinite kingdom. There's always another level. Uh, in my father's house there are many mansions. There are many levels. Uh, so anyway, uh, back to, uh, so Ben Shapiro, uh, misidentifies, and, and I'm not picking on him, uh, I'm just saying that's one of the problems. And, and he even says it, he even asks the question because he's not an expert in what Christianity really is supposed to be. He, he did have a little bit of an insight into what it used to be, but he also knows that modern Christianity is all over the board, and much different than the early church. He's studying up a history that he's noted that what he doesn't realize is the Pharisees at the time of Christ not every not all Jews at the time of Christ but the the pharisaical groups that were in power some Pharisees followed Christ some Essenes followed Christ some zealots followed Christ you know they had to leave behind some of the ideas that they had before you know I'm sure that many of the Christians who were following Christ and doing what Christ said, sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, no longer taking benefits from the Corbin of the Pharisees, which was making the Word of God did not affect. Why was the Corbin of the Pharisees making the Word of God did not affect? Because it was forced. They were using force. They were forcing the sacrifices of the people through something called taxation. And I've heard Ben Shapiro talking about the fact that we need to come together in free association in what the Bible calls free assemblies, to take care of one another and stop looking to a government that exercises authority, borrows money against the future, and destroys the character of society, destroys the spiritual and the A of the individual. We have to get away from that and stop being that way. And so, the, you know, and, and I don't care, you know, I know that he, he tries to keep the food laws and all that stuff, and, and I'd love to have conversations with him. But, you know, I'm sure some, well, I know, as a matter of fact, because he's pointed out the fact that he has changed some of his opinions. He said some things when he first got out into the public eye, which is when mean, he was 17, I think he was already syndicated. And he's, he's re looked at that and said, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that was right. I was wrong. And he admits that. So that's a good sign. Uh, Dave Rubin has his problems, but Dave Rubin. From what he was and what he is today, he's made some serious progress. The same thing, even Jordan Peterson. All these guys, what they do have in common is that they're willing to change when they see something that is true. And they're willing to question what they already think they know. It was just kind of the theme this morning. is It's not what you don't know that gets you in trouble as much as what you think you know that just ain't so. And so... That's, that's what we all have to see. And so these are some of the things that I'll be talking about as I continue to, at 51, uh, minutes into the recording, it talks about grace versus acts. Christianity is sort of a, a uh, backdoor to Judaism by saying that if you believe, then you will act in this way. Well, they're not a a backdoor. Christianity at the time of Christ was Judaism. It wasn't the Pharisees brand of Judaism, but Christ wasn't starting something new. He was actually reforming people back to what Moses actually was saying. And this is, this is where understanding that is going to help when we finally get down to the, uh, uh, question that Jordan Peterson asked, which I don't know if we'll even get to here. I, I can see it just, uh, about two and a half inches away in my notes <laughs> so on the big screen <laughs> whatever that means because you know I can have three words and I could talk for 20 minutes on it so I don't know if I'll get to what we actually want to be getting to but uh, anyway the uh, what we gonna have to do right now is uh take a break because that's what I've promised the station we will do and I'm using a new screen to work in the studio so I'm not really familiar with some of the things that I'm looking for but here's uh, we'll take a break here and I'll be right back So welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom and what is the Keys of the Kingdom it's the key to government under God it's a govern uh, it's a keys to freedom under God uh because the government of God is freedom and it's the freedom to do what is right. It's not the freedom to do what is wrong, because if you do what is wrong, you may have to pay the penalty. And what is wrong is to covet that neighbor's good. So if you're doing that, whatever thing you call government, then you're going to suffer the what you have reaped. You're sowing, let's say, a pattern that uh, and values, because you no longer realize that it is a part of the pattern of God not to covet your neighbor's good. That's why it's in the Ten Commandments. And, and why... The, I mean, it's a huge, long explanation. Some people divide it up into two different commandments. But it's basically, thou shalt not covet. That's it. And, you know, your neighbor, anything that is your neighbor's. Anything that is your neighbor's. If you desire benefits from men who take away from your neighbor to provide you with those benefits then guess what, folks? You're coveting (laughs) your neighbor's goods through the agency of the institutions you've created, and you are not a Christian. You are not following Christ. You are not following Paul. You are not following Peter. You are going to make yourself merchandise, human resources of that government, because as you judge, so shall you be judged. So if you think it's okay to take from your neighbor to give you what you want, then it's okay your neighbor take from you to get what he wants. And guess what? There are more of your neighbors than there are of you. So, you're going to go down if that's the process you want to follow. It's going to take you down. It's automatic. It's built in to reality. And, and you know, Jordan Peterson is seeing it. You know, he talks about identity politics and the left and and all these kinds of things. That's That's where socialism takes you in history. I mean, that's where Rome was going, where their free bread and circuses, they had moved to a socialist state. Was it entirely socialist? No, but it was more and more becoming that socialist state. They even offered total health care at one time under one emperor, but they were already pretty well bankrupt by then. But anyway, so this idea of grace versus acts. If Christ... And Moses was in agreement. And God is the same yesterday as he is today. Then wouldn't Christ and Moses be offering to teach you the same way? Actually, they are. and, and Because you have to go and listen to the simplicity of the way. And one of the simplest ways to define the way of Christ... Is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. So, if you are doing those two things, that's, that's kind of a summary breakdown of the way of Christ. Now, what will that look like? If you really love your neighbor, you know, I could, you know, I could go in there and lay down on the couch and really love my neighbor. I could just think all kinds of pleasant thoughts about him and then I'll, until I fall asleep. I won't have helped my neighbor. I don't even know if my neighbor needs help. I'm laying in there on the couch. And that's what people do, go to their churches, and they got preachers who tell them that they're saved, and that they're good, and that they're Christians, and that they, Christ loves them, and everything. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to do what the Father said, which is to love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh, but we do love our neighbor. We just do it from the pew. Can't do that. You, where's your daily ministration? Uh, how are you taking care of the needy? How are you even practicing pure religion? When you go to church, you're not even practicing religion. Practicing religion is is the pious performance of your duty to God and your fellow man. Where does it say, thou shalt go to church on Sunday? People say, oh, we're supposed to keep the Sabbath. Well, keeping the Sabbath was staying home. It wasn't going to the church and listening to a sermon. It was staying home. And not going out, tending to family matters. You could have a few guests over, but basically you stayed home on the Sabbath. That was the complication of the Sabbath. It wasn't going and meeting with 500 other people or 2,000 other people or 20,000 other people at some gigantic cathedral. That's not, that's not keeping the Sabbath. And besides, keeping the Sabbath really has to do with staying out of debt. Because, and Jesus, or God explains that, that you know, work six days, then earn your rest. Earn the benefit of what you just worked six days to get. That's keeping the Sabbath. It isn't, you know, know, locking yourself in a prayer closet. Uh, Although, you certainly could do that too. But if you... It says... Because this is how you keep the Sabbath. You keep the Sabbath like God created the world. He worked six days and then he took his day of rest. He didn't take his day of rest and then have to pay six days back to somebody because he owes them something because he took his benefit before he earned it. That's that's where debt is covered in the Ten Commandments. Where, where What other commandment is telling you to stay out of debt? Well, you could say... Make no covenants. That would probably, because most of the debt requires that you make some sort of contract with people. But basically, it's keeping the Sabbath. Now, a lot of people are not going to like that. Go read our article on the Sabbath. And you know. And the fact is, I know a lot of people don't have eyes to see and don't have ears to hear. But we were going to address some of these things. So back to grace and acts. God is the same. Moses is the same. Both said, Love thy neighbor as thyself. Both said, love God, pointed to God, follow the ways of God, keep the commandments. They all pointed that. Even, even uh tell you the truth, Paul tells you that. When he talks about not all the ordinances, now, some people are not going to like this, but he's talking about the statutes of Moses, and really, more than the statutes of Moses, the interpretation of the statutes of, of Moses imposed by the legislation of the Sanhedrin, through the Pharisees. He's saying, no. You're you're not supposed to be following that strict, outward, regulated life. You can, but never do that at the expense of following the Holy Spirit and the righteousness of God. Because there's a lot of people go out and they have all these rituals they perform, but they're still going to men who exercise authority, which is the greatest destroyer of liberty. And liberty is a gift of God. And so if you're if you're using your rules and regulations in your religion as a cloak of righteousness, and I'm sure Ben Shapiro's read rabbis who've talked about that, certainly Christ talked about that, and failing to attend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith by coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of government, then all your keeping of the statutes is 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 not. It has no value. You're wasting your time. You're, you, cause it, while you're doing all that, those ritual, ceremonial, uh, performances, you're abandoning the very principles of God, Moses, and Jesus Christ, and all the prophets. And, and we have lots of articles that will explain this in greater detail, but we're not going to go into that right now. But if, if I'm twinging a little bit of curiosity in you, you know, join us on the network, ask the questions, and we will share with you the answers that we already have written out, show you, the people will show you where it is and Joining the network is just joining in email groups based on geography and uh but once you do that, you can ask questions. You're not on Twitter <laughs> you know, I don't know i, I I'm not sure to me, Twitter's a little bit like Galilee. Can anything good come out of Twitter <laughs> so I don't know. I can see it has some place, but there's an awful lot of nonsense on Twitter, awful lot of nonsense on Facebook, and, uh, you know, I'm not on some of these things, Snapchat and all that stuff, but really, that's why we created a network, and, and it's dedicated to the purposes of Christ and, and God and Moses and the ways of the kingdom. It's still just an email group. The living network is when you actually do what Christ commanded and sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, You know, and it says in ranks of 100 and ranks of 50. And, of course, it's ranks of 50 because of the fact that there were 5,000 men in their families there. And they were saying they had to organize in these companies, which is a company is Symposia, which is kind of 10 men. So 10 families and, you know, 10 men in their families gather in a company, which you might call a congregation. And then they gather in ranks of 50 and ranks of 100 and then you have 5,000 people completely well organized and had to do that before they got any loaves and fishes. If you start doing that, and start seeking the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, you will start creating a daily ministration, which we see the early church doing, that took care of all the social welfare of Christians. And even had stuff left over so that they could go out and help other people, which is a great way to evangelize. And in the days ahead, when the systems of the world begin to collapse, as they did in the days of the Chaldeans, in the days of Babylon, and the days of... Of Egypt and the days of uh, Rome, they all began to break down and fail. And we will see that too. So the more you start organizing yourselves in the pattern that Christ commanded, the better off you will probably be. But it still depends on what's in your heart and your mind. And so if you're still walking around with unforgiveness, an air of superiority, uh, you know, uh, loyalty to uh, a personal ideology, uh, I shouldn't even say, a, a, a group ideology. You know, you might have a personal ideology, a personal creed, and if it, the more it's in conformity with the way of Christ, the better off you are. So anyway, at 54 minutes into the recording, he says, I am struggling to find the significant difference. I need a Christian to tell me what the significant differences are. And that was Ben Shapiro. So, the difference between... True Judaism and true Christianity, there is no difference. there's absolutely no difference because Christ was a Jew, all the apostles were Jews and but they were Jews conforming to the ways of God, conforming which were conforming to the ways of Moses. I mean, I personally I think Christ got it more right than Moses and and he even explains that like Moses allowed the people to have divorce and uh and Jesus tells you why, because of the hardness of your hearts. It wasn't meant to be that way. Moses just it because you were a bunch of stiff-necked Jews or Israelites. Let's call them Israelites, because the word Jews gets flung around. I mean, there's all kinds of Jews. There's all kinds of Christians, but there's really only one kind of true Jew, and only one kind of true Christian. And they they should be working for the same God. <laughs> if they're still at enmity with each other, one of them is not a true Jew or a true Christian. And so, this is why Jesus said, He didn't say, not those who say to me, I love Jesus, but those who do my will. He said, not those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who doeth the will of the Father. He's always talking about the will of the Father. Even He was doing the will of the Father. And that's, He was setting the pattern. That we should be doing that. And shouldn't all Jews be doing the will of the Father? And if there is one Father, then shouldn't we find ourselves in unison? That's one of the reasons why I find Ben Shapiro interesting is because I hear him from time to time actually saying things that are very kingdom-oriented. Like I said, talking about creating these free associations that take care of the needs instead of governments that exercise authority one over the other. Because Christ forbid that. He forbid, you know, he said the Corbin of the Pharisees made the word of God to none effect. He talked about the unrighteous mammon, mammon meaning trust, entrusted wealth. And that's what you're doing with Social Security is that you're paying in to a trust. You're doing the same thing with the Federal Reserve and all these other things, but you're paying into a trust and you have to pay in. So that's what makes it unrighteous is because it's not done by free will offerings, which they repeat over and over and over again in the Bible. Sure, they say, okay, you're supposed to tithe, but those tithes are called free will offerings. They're all free will offerings. Nobody's, no Levites are kicking in your door demanding that you pay that. You don't pay it, you know, it will come back to bite you. And and I don't really believe that it was 10%. I think that the, the tithing was... The, your share of tens. You're sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. So then they will call your contribution your tithe, because it's what one tenth of the congregation gave. It's not necessarily one tenth of your income. Now we can debate that, but we'll debate that later. Uh, but you know, and or gross income. It, it, there's well, uh, here's a phrase. It, that uh, Ben Shapiro actually used in this recording. There's a lot of flexibility in the joints. <laughs> so, so how... But the, the point is, is that ancient Israel, with no taxes, no king, no legislature making new rules, the statutes of Moses were really written down to try to explain to you how the Ten Commandments would apply. You say, well, I didn't murder that guy. Well, wait a minute, you dug a pit. Right next to the road, you know he goes down. He didn't mark off the pit, and he fell in it and died. That's murder. And he said, well, no, I didn't mean him to fall in. He should have watched where he was going. No, but you created a hazard. So he's writing down in a statue to show you that that could be counted as murder. It will be up to, you know, one of those congregations to decide. They'll have to sit down like Boaz and Ruth and sit down and decide. You know, did he violate the law? Did he actually cause the death of this individual? Oh, he had a balcony up there. But he, the the railing, it looks stout, but he didn't. He only put one screw in each each two-by-four. And somebody leaned on it, fell off, and they broke their neck. So, why didn't he put two screws in Because he's too cheap. Well, he created a hazard. These aren't laws. These are trying to explain the law that exists already in nature you know i just was uh uh, i've been studying a great deal about glyphosate in the last uh well actually for years now but there's some really interesting information about glyphosate that's coming out and uh it's done by a doctor if i can find her name it's kind of an unusual spelling so you could probably google it you can listen and because i actually know people dying of glyphosate caused cancers and, uh, one of the things I know, this guy eats pancakes every morning for breakfast. He leaves the pancakes left over and he'll, you know, he'll warm them up and eat them again. He's a big eater of that. Chances are the flour he's using is laced with glyphosate. I mean, uh, because of the fact that glyphosate, I mean, you eat Cheerios for breakfast, you're eating glyphosate. <laughs> it's everywhere. And so, anyway, I was trying to find that doctor's name, and I don't know if I'm going to get to it or not. Stephanie Seneff, S-E-N-E-F-F. Anyway, she has, uh, and you can put in the word glyphosate and look up, because she's talking about how to detox from it. And it, it it's very slow-moving, very insidious. It gets in there, and it starts uh causing proteins to form improperly and leads to this hardening of tissue which is what my friend has and uh, so there's a way to do that and so i was doing a little research fortunately he went in for chemo uh, because i couldn't seem to get him to see her and he's seventh day adventist and all this kind of stuff but he doesn't the fact is is if you're following the spirit you're going to start understanding exactly how this all works And you're going to actually have that rock of knowing. Jesus asking the apostles, who am I, who am I, who am I? One guy had the answer after many guys had the wrong answer. And when he had the right answer, because we all read the Bible from the beginning kind of knowing who Jesus is. They didn't know. Even John the Baptist did not know that Jesus was the Messiah. The Messiah is the anointed king and high priest. That's what the Messiah is. When when uh, John the Baptist was saying, "This is the one who come after me," he was talking about his successor as high priest, because that's what John the Baptist really was. He was the legitimate high priest out there. And he moved the laver out of the temple uh, and, and into the desert. I just, you know, saw you know, remember the movie Jesus of Nazareth, and they got John the Baptist. They never ever, nobody ever seems to get his character right, and he's ranting and raving in the desert. And, and then he's pouring water over people's head and baptizing them. He was organizing the people the way all the scenes organized is in the tens, hundreds and thousands. That was extremely common in those days. And they, they did not depend upon the free bread of Rome. They wouldn't take that. They wouldn't even sometimes use their roads. They were very independent of that, but they were the most philanthropic, charitable group in all of Judea at the time. They were closer than, and they read the Torah. They had an interpretation of the Torah that was completely contrary, or seeming, I shouldn't say completely, but very contrary to the Pharisees' interpretation of the Torah. And uh, they probably came became most of the early Christians. So we, we didn't make it all the way down to our notes. But anyway, but anyway so we did give you some answers as to uh, the difference between uh, the Christians and the Jews. And real Christians and real Jews, there is no difference. They will believe in Christ because they believe in the anointing of Christ in their hearts and in their minds. And that's where you need to go. So, anyway, until next week, we're going to have to say peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless, everybody. See you on the network. Join us. Go to preparingyou.com and join us on the network.